Hello and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Hartz, and today we continue our 32 for 32 series with a look at the New England Patriots. I was all in on this team last year. I could not accept the reality where Bill Belichick would not be leading an AFC East Division champ, and I was wrong, ladies and gentlemen. So Cam Newton season seemed like it was in full swing that Seahawks game was maybe my favorite 60 minutes of the football season I should say 59 minutes and 55 seconds Patriots come out I mean they have some losses but you know what by week 13 even though Cam had COVID even though they had the Seahawks loss a Broncos loss with a late incompletion of Bill's fumble it was a six and six team that's we couldn't quite tell if they were maybe a competitor or a contender excuse me or a pretender 45 nothing went over the Chargers maybe seemed like a contender three straight losses in weeks 14 to 16 that kind of painted a more clear picture of what this team was working with. With that said, nobody was hit harder with uh, preseason opt-outs. Obviously, with Cam learning his first year, we saw the difference in Brady. He was dealing with the best weapons. So not... It, it, more than one or two uh, team needs away from being a legit contender, obviously, but not all bad with the Patriots. I have a very special guest on day to help me figure out just what went wrong in 2020 and what we need to fix going into 2021. You can find him over at SB Nation, specifically at patspulpit.com, writing all about the Patriots. He is Burn Bookmaster. You can follow on Twitter at Burn Bookmaster. That's B E B E R N D B U C H M A S S E R. Burn, happy offseason. We both had pretty, uh, funky last names but here we are in february great day to be great right i mean absolutely <laughs> there's there's so much to talk about despite it being the off season so what could be worse a lot of things but obviously um great to great to join you love to talk about a team that sucked unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> and something that i'm not used to covering the patriots but you know, moving forward, the future's always bright in the NFL during the offseason, so it's going to be fun. Absolutely. And again, I mean, seven and nine, I know Patriots Nation, you know, you've been used to, to been used to far better seasons than this. And we can play hindsight doctors, a lot of these teams, but truly, I mean, three plays away from potentially being, you know, a 10 and six team. Again, we can go the other way around too. probably. I'm not saying the Patriots, you know, we're robbed of a playoff spot or anything like that, but it was not quite as bad as your typical seven and nine team per usual with these episodes. We're going to go through our three team needs. I'm going to hit burn with some 2020 workload related questions and he will leave us with a bold offseason take. So, Burned, hit me with your top three Patriots team needs ahead of the 2021 offseason. I mean, the, ob the first one is obvious. It's quarterback. Yeah. Like, Ken Newton, given the circumstances, he wasn't as bad as he could have been. He obviously didn't do enough to lift the team to a higher level offensively. But when you look at it in 2021 and beyond, you need a new quarterback. You need somebody who you can build the offense around. You had Tom Brady for two decades and you, you know, just invested all the resources to help him. And you need somebody new to do that. Cam Newton is not a long-term answer from my perspective. He might be the quarterback in 2021. We do not know that yet, but you need somebody to, to develop. You need somebody to groom. You need your franchise quarterback. So that obviously is the number one need. Number two, I would go to the linebacker position. And I know a lot of people would go wide receiver tight end. But the thing is, the Patriots linebackers struggled last year. They lost Dante Hydra to the opt-out, one of eight opt-outs, as you just mentioned. And without him, the unit just didn't have the one guy who held it together, who served as the lead communicator. Javon Bentley was the on-the-field uh, play caller for a time, 
but he lost a green dot on the helmet to Devin McCourty midway through the season. And that tells you about what you need to know. The unit just didn't gel. And getting high top pack should help, but you need somebody like a Calvin Noy, like a Jamie Collins, to serve as an athletic piece to also build the defense around. You know, those guys are getting old. Hightower is, is on the wrong side of 30. McCourty will be retired in a year probably. So you need some young energy, some young playmakers. And the linebacker position to me is one where the Patriots' identity defensively starts and where they should get some help this offseason. And at number three, I will say wide receiver because I like Jacoby Myers. I really do. He's a great story. You know, college quarterback, wide receiver, undrafted, like the Julian Edelman story to a certain degree. So he's absolutely a guy that I would love to see on the Patriots and become their go-to guy. But you need somebody else. You really do. I wish it would have been Keel Harry. He hasn't shown it yet. Demir Bird is a nice complimentary piece, but he's not a go-to wide receiver. You need somebody to threaten a defense. You need somebody who you can develop alongside your quarterback, whoever it will be. So if you have a bona fide wide receiver taking that number one role and taking some pressure off the other weapons that the Patriots have, like the young tight ends, like Jacoby Myers, would make the offense a lot better than it was in 2020. So to recap, there was a lot of words that I've just been saying, but (laughs) Number one quarterback, number two off the ball linebacker, number three wide receiver. Great stuff. We are in uh, in in the same uh, in the same wavelength. I had defensive line instead of linebacker. I think we could probably just agree that front seven as a whole is yeah. kind of a area of need for them. But sticking with wide receiver, I'm with you, man. I like Jacoby Myers. He is good, and to get that kind of production from an undrafted guy, like great job developing him. But let's try to make Jacoby Myers a number three or number four wide receiver. Like we just have not seen anyone emerge other than Julian Edelman. Uh, really over the past decade. I mean, they have drafted 10 wide receivers other than Julian Edelman since 2009. Burn, you might want to, you know, co- cover your ears or something here. This is going to get pretty brutal. I've seen I've seen the list and it's uh, not not great as an understatement. Here, here it is real quick for the listeners out there. Brandon Tate, Taylor Price, Jeremy Ebert, Josh Boyce, Aaron Dobson, Jeremy Gallon, Devin Lucien, Malcolm Mitchell, Braxton Berrios, Nikhil Harry. Now, when I tweeted this out, I had a lot of Patriots fans say, hey, don't be slandering Malcolm Mitchell those injuries. Okay, fine. Take Malcolm Mitchell. You know, he had a nice yep, Super Bowl but run. Still. But still, exactly. He had, one, he had one season. That's like he teased Patriots fans with his ability and then he got injured and that was it. So I get it, but I, it's like he's not coming through that door. So don't hang your hat on Malcolm Mitchell, unfortunately. Look, they tried to draft McKeel Harry in the first round, and they just whiffed on it. They got to go back to the wall here because, you know, we, it kind of ties in with quarterback. I mean, yeah, Cam wasn't quite as bad as a lot of people made it out to be. Look, we yeah. saw how Brady looked as washed as he has ever looked to going back to winning another Super Bowl once you gave him a different offense, some different receivers. So I'm not saying Cam is washed, particularly from the standpoint that, I mean, most of the conversation going into this year was like, is Cam going to be the same athlete? I mean, the dude ran for 12 free freaking touchdowns. I mean, he was a freaking bulldozer at the goal line. So athletically, even at this point in his career, I think he's still there. He's also was PFS 30th ranked QB in passing grade, not getting any younger. I agree. They need to address a long-term solution. I mean, it's going to be hard to expect this, you know, passing game, this offense as a whole to, you know, be anything resembling great in 2021 at a minimum, let's get some heavy resources invested in these pass catchers and the quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the best way to build an offense is 
to have some good pieces to work alongside the quarterback. We've seen it in Tampa Bay. They had a strong O-line. They had some good weapons, and then they added a quarterback to that. And, of course, it was the greatest of all time. But still, the system was in place. Brady was inserted, and boom, they win a Super Bowl. So something like that with the Patriots would be nice to see. But that said, I... The Patriots, I, I, I don't believe they don't have a plan. That's like, that's not, the, that's just not Bill Belichick's way. It will be interesting to see how it develops and what that plan actually is, because from the current perspective, you don't see anything. Like they just said, okay, Brady's gone, huh, whatever. <laughs> but um, it will be fun to see. And um, it will determine the future of the franchise for the next few years, possibly maybe even decades because Brady was here two decades and <laughs> that worked out quite well. So yeah, just will be fun. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's never bad when you can get multiple decades out of your quarterback and go on, <laughs> I mean, go on a limb and uh, say that last thing here on the defense. I mean, yeah, you said linebacker. I said D line pretty much just because only the Texans have fewer 2021 $20, dollars devoted to their defensive line at the moment. But you know what? Belichick kind of brought this up towards the end of last season when they were asking him about this team. And he just kind of brought up the standpoint that when you're as good as the Patriots have been for that long, you have your good players. You have your Jamie Collins, your Trey flowers, guys that go get great contracts elsewhere that you not able to resign and then you know just got to kind of build up the team and here we sat in 2020 and the Patriots truly just had anyone's idea of a bottom five uh, roster with those opt-outs and everything I mean hey it's just an example where hey we got the secondary I mean you know we'll see if Gilmore and some of these guys you mentioned McCourty kind of uh, towards the end of his career secondary is a little bit flimsy as well but in general we just need some more talent in this front seven because most of the talent that has been there over the past few years usually went and took money elsewhere absolutely and you look at the free agents list. I mean, Lawrence Guy, Adam Butler, Dieter Schweiss played a lot of snaps. He, not Probably not the best solution to have, but absolutely a player who they depended on. He's possibly gone. So um, I absolutely agree. I think the off-the-ball linebacker position is, from a structural perspective, more important to how the Patriots run their defense. But as long as they upgrade the front seven, be it the D-line, be it the linebackers, they need to get better. They need to stop teams from running on them because they just couldn't do that. They couldn't set the edge. They couldn't pressure the... I mean, actually, they could pressure the quarterback. They just couldn't generate sacks out of it. So, you know, they need to get better. They need to get younger. And that's not just one position that's across the board. Yep. Across the board, offense, defense. Again, this was a seven and nine team last year that truly performed a little bit better than that even, but from a total roster construction standpoint, we're looking at one of the worst overall kind of uh, units in the league, I think. So, Hey, you know, almost it's like Belichick last year. I think people kind of viewed that season as a disappointment. If you really want to take, you know, more of a macro perspective on the team as a whole, I think you'd be hard pressed to find uh, many more coaches that could have gone seven to nine with kind of that, uh, you know, hand he was, out but alas we are on to 2021 great stuff there again people those three team needs were quarterback linebacker defensive line front seven kind of in general and also wide receiver next we're gonna move on to some 2021 workload related stuff we're recording this on february 18th so burned cannot predict the future but just based on what we know now i want to get his thoughts on the following categories so first things first with the quarterback position we've discussed a little bit already but it seems like a lot of these reports are saying that you know small chance cam returns about a minimum they're going to look elsewhere where to try to, add, again, minimum bring competition, more likely bring in a new starter as a whole. 
two decades of Brady. This is not something that we have much information to go back to and say, oh, how, how have they handled this type of situation in the past? With that said, do you see the Patriots trying to solve their QB problem more so in the draft or in free agency or even through a trade? One thing I've learned in covering the Patriots is to never rule anything out. So yeah. that's that, that being said, <laughs> I would I would argue that the best way to do it is by the draft. The Belichick himself actually said something last year or maybe a season before. I'm, I'm not quite sure about that. But he said something along the lines of, you have those young rookie quarterbacks on very manageable deals and you can build strong teams around them, which you have seen in Los Angeles before the paid Jared Goff like all the money to just burst into flames. And um, I do feel the Patriots will try to attempt this way and get a young quarterback aboard. They did it while Brady was still here. I mean, they drafted Ryan Mallett in the third round. They drafted Jimmy Garoppolo in the second round. They drafted Jared Stidham in the fourth round. So they always wanted to keep the pipeline going. And I don't see any reason why that should change now. Of course, you could re-sign Cam Newton on a relatively low-cost deal. It probably would work from a locker room perspective. He's, he was respected a lot within the organization, within the player corp. But I would say when you look towards the future, you need to, you need to go to, to a draft. That's, that's the way to get cheap quarterback talent is the draft. And I think the Patriots... I hope, from my personal perspective, the Patriots will address it. Um, I'm not sure they will do it in the first round, though, or at least with the 15th overall pick. I can see them trade back to get some additional ammunition in the second or third round and maybe look for a guy like Mac Jones to fall into the late third into the 30s, 40s. Um, I know there's a lot of hype around him because he performed well at the Senior Bowl, but I think his physical limitations will drop him down a bit on the board. And I do believe the Patriots could potentially pick him up in the late first round. So if you get somebody like that to groom, and I'm not saying that Mac Jones is the solution, but I do believe that he's a player symbolic for what the Patriots need. A young quarterback who you develop over the years. And um, so I, I'm, I'm going off a lot. I'm giving a lot, a lot of long answers here, but the gist is I would do it via the draft. Yeah. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code PFF to get your opportunity at a $1,000 deposit bonus. That's promo code PFF for new customers to get an opportunity at a $1,000 deposit bonus only at DraftKings Sportsbook. It must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, Michigan, or Virginia only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Or in Virginia, call 888-532-3500. PFF and Sunday Night Football's Chris Collinsworth is teaming up with one of the best players on and off the field, 49ers All-Pro cornerback Richard Sherman. The Chris Collinsworth podcast featuring Richard Sherman is available now wherever you find your podcasts. They will provide the most interesting football conversations and sports every single week, and sometimes that means the discussion will venture off the field too. Additionally, Chris will be taking a dive into the game of football as he sees it, inviting in the best and brightest to talk about everything that is happening in the great game of football. Mark your calendars. You do not want to miss the best 60 minutes of insight this season. And now back to the podcast.
No, you, you get you good, brother. Yeah, I, I don't hate the thought of bringing back Cam on a one-year deal. I just wonder, you know, can't we, we've seen like like RG three, like when he reached that stage of his career where he was going to be a starter. The Ravens emerged as a perfect fit because he does play. He's not Lamar Jackson, but we both know they have mobility and kind of fits that mold. And I do wonder, like, if you're going to bring back Cam and then draft, you know, Mac or one of these more you know pocket-friendly quarterbacks, I do wonder kind of how that would fit and if Cam would be the right guy there. But just in terms of a locker room leadership perspective, I mean, yeah, definitely no reason why he. He couldn't be back. I mean, you couldn't ask Bill Belichick a question about Cam the entire season without the guy going out of his way to praise Cam, first guy in, last guy out. We all saw his sleep schedule graphic, you know, asleep at 11.30 p.m. Alarm goes off at 4.20 a.m. So get some sleep, Cam. Maybe we'll get you some weapons, and maybe just maybe you'll be back as QB1 2021. Moving on to running back position. James White, Rex Burkhead, free agents. This has been a mess for fantasy football managers like myself for pretty much the past two decades. I mean, as long as Brady's been there, okay, we had Corey Dillon for a year, LeGarrette Blount for a year. Every now and then I've been able to figure it out. Usually not. It's been a three or four-headed mess. Sony Michelle, before he got hurt, man, I thought he was playing some of the best ball of his professional career. Then Damon Harris comes in. He looks pretty good himself. What do you make of this backfield moving forward? Do you think the Patriots are confident enough in one of Sony or Damien, or are we going to see an effort to re-sign these pass catchers and continue to make this pretty much a running back committee from hell as far as fantasy is concerned. I can see that. I can see the committee from hell. <laughs> Damn. Because it's, it's, I'm sorry about that. But um, I, I do believe the Patriots will bring one of Burkett or White back, and I'm leaning towards Burkett. And here's a reason why I don't think it's James White. Um, as we probably as probably everyone heard his uh, mother and father were involved in a car accident in Florida in September. His father was killed, his mother, critical condition, and she's recovering. She's doing better, which is absolutely terrific news. Um, but I can see him maybe try to relocate closer toward to where she is, which is Florida. And I can see him go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yeah. who need a pass catching back, who have the resources, who have Tom Brady, who have the vicinity to his mother. So, that would that's just too good a fit for me to believe him going back to the Patriots. It could happen, absolutely. But if I had to, I'm not a batting man, but if I had to bat, I would bat on James White leaving and signing with the Buccaneers. And I would also say that the Patriots will try to bring Rex Burkett back. He played some terrific football before getting injured as this change of pace kind of back. Um, of course, he's coming off, the, off an ACL. He's on the wrong side of 30 as well but well-respected figure in the locker room, really versatile player who the Patriots appreciate very much. I can see him being brought back. I can see JJ Taylor, who was an undrafted rookie last year, being brought along a bit more. He saw some snaps as a runner and as a receiver. Not really much to, to work on here from an analytical perspective, but... I do believe the Patriots like him, the captain on the roster all the, all year long. And you have Damon Harris and, and, and Sony Michelle, who, as you just said, played some very good football in 2020. Of course, the O-line helped, but yeah, that's that's the guys you have. That Those are like, you don't have a lot of skill position talent worth hanging on to. And I would argue that both Michelle, at least for 2020, and Damon Harris are just that. So you keep them and you try to establish a rhythm on the ground as you as you did last year while also trying to get better in the passing game 
Yeah, I think both these guys could actually shape up as fairly good later round uh, fancy running backs, particularly if they move on from Cam, because that was the only issue with Damian and Sony. Because, okay, we already have very little pass down work because when they are throwing the ball, the running backs is to James White or Rex Burkhead. But the bigger issue is they get inside the 10 or five yard line, and it's Cam Newton, the one going to the end zone. So, ideally, better Patriots offense, more scoring opportunities, and the quarterback won't be responsible for every single rushing touchdown once you get near the goal line. So, whether it's Tony or Damien, you know, we're going to see it might be both for a bit, but you know, Hey, neither guy's exactly been great staying healthy over the past two years. Don't be afraid to take a later round dart on either and hope that, you know, they eventually emerge as the lead dog. Want to swing back this wide receiver position here. Again, we've talked about Jacoby being good, but let's try to get some more guys there. So just looking at it as it stands now, we've got Nikhil Harry, presumably Julian Edelman back, Jacoby Myers. Who are you most confident in leading the team in receiving next year? Or is it just such kind of a who knows that you wouldn't be surprised if it's someone that's not even on their roster at the moment? I mean, from a chemistry perspective and all that we know about the roster as it is, I would feel pretty confident with Jacoby Myers just because he showed that he could work with Brady. He did it in a limited fashion, but he developed a nice chemistry there at times. And he also did it with Cam Newton. So I would believe that of all the players that they currently have under contract, he's the guy to lead the team in receptions and, yeah. and yards, probably not touchdowns, but in those categories moving forward. But... <laughs> the Patriots have about $65 million in cap space. They Ooh. need to invest it in somebody. And I think they will add at least one wide receiver. It kind of reminds me a bit of the 2007 off season when they lost the 2006 AFC championship game against the Colts in part because Brady had nobody to throw to like Rishi Caldwell. I mean, <laughs> That's that's okay, but come on. Um, and I feel like the Patriots now have the resources that they didn't have last year to really go out and make some splash signings. I don't think it will be Al Robinson or those top-tier receivers because that's usually not the way the Patriots built the roster. Stefan Gilmore is a notable exception, but usually they're more on the second-tier guys. And I can see them maybe Will Fuller if the price is right. You know, he has some suspension issues uh, injury issues so maybe that's an that's a problem for them but i can see them bring at least one wide receiver board maybe two to really help build this unit for the future because as it is right now you don't have a number one wide receiver julian edelman is too old for that unfortunately and he has his fair share of injuries jacoby myers is not that as you said and Akil Harry might work better in a limited role, more specialized to what he can do, as opposed to just try to use him in every fashion, which he can't do. And the Muir Bird, if he is resigned as an unrestricted free agent, he's a nice number three, but he's not a go-to guy. So from the people they have on the roster, Jacoby Mass is my best bet to lead the team in receptions, probably yards. But I do believe that they will bring other players in to help 
the overall talent level just yeah. basically. Yeah. If there's someone to take a shot on later in drafts, I think it's gotta be Myers. I plan on being becoming even more of a, like an, an ageist person this uh, off season. You know, if you're a 35 plus year old wide receiver, I don't want anything to do with you. Edelman will be turning 35 here in May. Obviously dude had a fantastic career and he showed him week two in that Seahawks game that, you know, at least if you're going to cover him with a safety, you know, he's still more than capable of putting up big numbers, but yeah, I mean, right now it's just years and years and years of evidence to tell us that Edelman, the, again, the best years are behind him. Shouldn't necessarily be putting any sort of a high end fantasy stock into him. Hey, everyone becomes a value at some point. If Edelman's sitting there as the, you know, the wide receiver 55 in the preseason or something, we can have another conversation, but just don't expect more than one, maybe two people from this passing game. Last thing burned. I want to talk about tight end real quick because Devin Asiasi, 91st overall pick in last year's draft. He only had seven targets. I mean, rookie tight ends in general, barely do anything. So I'm not really worried about the lack of production with that said, ever since Gronk left the Patriots, I've just been at the bottom of the league and using their tight ends in general. Do you think this is something that could change or is this just kind of the reality in this post Gronk offense? So Devin Asiasi, are you at all confident that this dude can put up, you know, even just okay numbers? Because again, they invested a top 100 pick in him and he seems fine enough and they like him, but it's just a matter of will the targets be there? I think you shouldn't expect Gronk numbers because Gronk was like, I mean, he was Gronk. Right. So yeah. <laughs> there's no argument there, but I would say, uh, I believe the Patriots are counting on that to happen because they drafted him to be that guy. You don't invest a top hundred pick in somebody and expect him to just play along. You want somebody who can be a starter, ideally. And from what we've seen from Asiasi last year, I do believe he can be that, actually. I know his numbers aren't great. And Cam... And even Jared Stidham, they didn't look his way often, if at all. But you have to you have to analyze it from that perspective. No rookie had a had a normal offseason. Was Belichick himself said it? There was no harder year ever for players to enter the league than 2020. So that's something to consider, at least to a certain degree. And also, you have um, an offense that could move the ball through the air. That's just the way it was. Um, I do believe that Asiasi has the skill set to be a functional inline tight end who also can contribute in the passing game we saw it a bit in the season finale against the Chats when he had a nice uh touchdown catch and i think with him it's just a staying healthy and b getting some experience getting some work done with whoever the quarterback will be and he can be a nice option as maybe not a top tier tight end at least this season but as somebody who catches, I don't know, 40 passes and has some 500, 600 yards and maybe five, six touchdowns if they use him in the red zone, which given his size would work. Um, so I am fairly confident he can establish himself as the number one tight end. But, you know, the Patriots are a team at this point in time where a lot there's a lot of projection going on. So we don't know really what will happen there's just no talent because there's so many young talented players on the roster who have to take a next step who have to live up to their talent in order to contribute on a, on a regular basis yeah. and Asiasi is kind of in that mold so i i believe that he can be a viable starting tight end um, maybe not from fantasy purposes he won't be george kittle he won't be uh, travis kelsey but um, from a team building perspective, I do believe that he can be just that. 
Yeah, and he seems like a perfectly, you know, fine real-life player. But And just, yeah, with the targets, uh, you know, just being questioned. Also, Dalton Keene, you know, playing a good amount uh, himself and, you know, not really being that far off Asiasi in terms of just draft capital devoted to him. Seems like more of a potential two tight end committee situation that isn't going to do much for us in fantasy land. I was thinking maybe one of these guys could be, you know, the 2021 version of, like, C.J. Uzoma, just a starter that nobody believes. And I know Uzoma got hurt really uh, short in the last year, the Bengals uh, tight end. But if he hadn't, we were seeing him feature a lot in an offense that previously hadn't used the tight end to that extent. So just realize new quarterback coming into town, potentially we could see his pass game distribution shaken up. I'm just not quite sure whether it's going to be Keen or Asiasi as the main guy to benefit more likely when we, as we see in most two tight end committees, they'll kind of eat into each other. Neither guy emerged as much of anything in terms of a fantasy asset burn. Great stuff. Do you have a bold draft free agency or even a 2021, just general workload prediction, bold taking one? leave us with oh my god i'm so terrible at that but uh, by the way I'm, by the way I've, I've done a lot of these episodes now and every single writer i ask their first thing they say is they're terrible at this so be confident you got this everyone's terrible at it let me hear what you got i would say okay when it comes to workload perspective i would say this um I think going back to Devin Asiasi, I think Devin Asiasi is going to be a fine player. I think Devin Asiasi will surprise people. I know, I know what you were saying with Dalton Keene, but I'm far less confident in him than I am in Asiasi based on the tape from, from 2020. And I can't see Asiasi be a productive player from a fantasy perspective if you don't count on him being your guy. Yeah. But as a number two, maybe, I, I think he can... He can be a player to positively surprise you. I like it, man. I like it. Well, I'm going to be loading up on AFC East uh, tight ends here in my best ball drafts because, of course, I'm going to be, uh, you know, auto-drafting Chris Herndon round 20 in every best ball draft this year. And don't do not count out Asiasi if you want to go behind him. Yes, not your number one tight end, maybe not even your number two, but in a lot of these best ball drafts, if you don't get a Kittle, a Kelsey, or even at this point a Waller, you're going to want to get three, maybe even four tight ends down in the later rounds. So, again, even if uh, things could be split up a little more than we would like, new quarterback potentially the positions featured even more than we've seen in the past and slowly but surely i'm coming around to devin asiasi burned great stuff people can find you on twitter at burned book master what do you got uh, going on over there at pat's pulpit you know it's off season so we're trying to to do the best to give patriots fans and all nfl fans if they're into the patriots um the best that we can you know we covering the draft, covering free agency, covering everything that's going on about the team. Um, the season's over, but not for us. And now is the time to look forward, to look towards a better future for the Patriots. That's, you know, 2020 sucked from so, on so many levels, and I'm not going to say a bad football pers- um, performance from the Patriots sure. on any level with anything else. <laughs> but it was kind of symbolic that... If the Patriots are bad, it's in the year 2020 because everything <laughs> was bad. And now it's on to a brighter future. 2021 is going to get better and we will have good Patriots football, hopefully. But what I can promise is we will have good Patriots coverage on PetsPulpit.com. Hey, that, that was a, that was a, 
damn good sound. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, man, that was a, that was a great point. Control the controllables, as I would like to say. Uh, Make sure you all check out Pat's Pulpit. That's at Pat's Pulpit, one of SB Nation's many uh, fantastic NFL coverage sites. Again, follow Burned on Twitter, at Burned Book Master. That's going to do it, everybody. Thank you, as always, for tuning in to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. He's Burned. I'm Ian. Until next time, take care, everybody. Thank you.